Hi everyone, I'm David Blindauer, and welcome to Conversation with a Manager, stories from the front line. Our podcast is dedicated to the proposition that managers, particularly frontline managers, are key to an organization's success. This podcast is also in search of the best advice and counsel from experienced managers for anyone new to the role of manager. Today's guest is Kristen Slavish. Here with some thoughts on her conversation with Kristen is today's host, Betsy Hagen. Thanks, David. Kristen and I had a great conversation that covered things like leading effective career conversations, guiding teams during times of uncertainty, and getting comfortable being vulnerable and real as a leader. But the segment I've chosen for this episode is Kristen's experience working in and with hybrid teams. In today's ever-evolving work landscape where flexibility and adaptability are the name of the game, managing a workforce in a hybrid fashion may just be the key to unlocking the full potential of your team. A hybrid workforce combines the best of both worlds, remote work and in-office collaboration. It's a dynamic approach that empowers employees to work when and where they're most productive, all while maintaining a strong sense of belonging connection that comes from the office environment. Kristen shares her perspectives on playing a pivotal role in ensuring that teams seamlessly bridge the gap between virtual and physical spaces, and how, as a manager, it's about fostering a culture of trust, collaboration, and innovation, where work is not just a place you go, but a thing you do. If you're leading a hybrid workforce today or thinking that this might be something for the future, I think you'll find Kristen's take interesting and informative. I know I did. As a manager, what advice would you offer to other organizations or managers considering the adoption of a hybrid work model? Are there any key lessons learned that you can share? Yeah. So, you know, it's, I actually um, was a little bit accidentally ahead of my time. This was about 30 years ago that I had a telecommuting job. And this was back before we had any kind of video tools. So it was on the phone and we barely had email. Um, so I, I learned really trial by fire of how to make connections with people when you're not with them all the time. And, you know, fast forward to where we are now, I think, especially in the professional services arena where I've predominantly worked. There really isn't such a thing as everybody working in person all the time together anymore. Um, We're all around the world um, working with people in different time zones, different offices. We're not traveling to the extent we used to. And, you know, I had the experience of being a manager for people in Asia who I managed for three years before I ever met them in person. And when I think about how different that is, from kind of my first manager job where I could count on the, hey, let's sit down and have a cup of coffee kind of environment. It really is a big challenge. And um, it's also a challenge to figure out what to require of people on our team. You know, we know it's important to get together as a team if that's possible logistically, but how often should we do that? And what if people say, I really just want to work from home all the time? And I think there's just a lot more complexity in being a manager when it just comes down to the basics around how we get our work done nowadays. So I think COVID taught us a few things when we were all pretty much virtual for a while, at least in, I shouldn't say all, I know there were certainly people working 
um, in person, but in my industry, we were all virtual. And I think it really did teach us that it's very hard and probably inappropriate to draw a sharp line between work life and home life. You know, when someone's pet or spouse or kid or parent is going to wander into the video frame, it's kind of cool. And why not get to say hi to them and learn more about what's going on um, and understand somebody as a person at another level that we really couldn't even do before. And so I think it's blurring those boundaries and it's something that could be really, really simple. Like at the beginning of a phone call, just take five minutes, check in with everybody, find out how they've been doing, what's on their mind. There has to be some substitute for what we used to do when we were walking in the door together in the morning and saying, how's your weekend, right? And so I think as a manager, when you can set the tone that it's great to spend a little bit of time doing that and I care about you as a person and let's all share, it it creates a, a much stickier culture of people who want to keep working together. Someone said to me the other day that um, asking people about what's going on in their home life has become... A, really has melded into what used to be. So what's going on at work or what's going on in your department or whatever, you know, that sort of to start off and be like, how are things going? What's going on with you? But because people are in their home environment much of the time right now, some of the time, it's almost as important to recognize what's going on around you. Like what you, you are in, you are both home and working. Right. And so those two things come together. I love that. I think that is um, a great perspective and one that a manager can certainly um, role model and encourage, right, in the in the way that we approach it. That's great advice. Yeah. You know, I'd add one more thing, too, about the hybrid working, and this goes way back to my first um, remote working job that I had 30-some years ago, is just really respecting boundaries as a manager. I think you set the tone um, because there is a little bit of danger that people really start working 24-7 with work being so accessible in all of our homes. And I think it's really important for us to respect that people have different ways of getting their work done. So, you know, I'm a 6 a.m. person. I might pop on my computer first thing in the morning, but... If I'm in a leadership role, I don't want to convey to everyone on my team that I already think they're failing if they're not responding to my emails. So I would usually try to find something different to do, like manage my calendar or work on a document. I don't start the day off firing emails off to everybody at six, which may unintentionally give the message, hey, you working yet? Um, you know, and I think um, it's something that you can even discuss openly too with your team to say, hey, I know I'm kind of a morning person. I know you may like, you may prefer working at night. Let's just reinforce. We're all really cool with that. I'm not trying to check when you're working. I know that you are. Um, we have different, different ways of approaching it and that's great. It's a little thing, but 
you can kind of forget when you're in a manager role how that can feel a little intimidating, especially if you're managing early career employees. It seems to me like it goes along with the, you know, the the rule of thumb about, you know, the best communication technique is when you uh, reach to other people's requirement versus making them reach to your requirements. And so it's kind of the same thing, which is you're just thinking about it in terms of in a working hybrid working environment is, are you, are you making people um, come to your choices, right? Versus understanding how their choices might be different and really getting to a question of, is there a real problem if we have different choices? If there's no problem in the fact that we have different choices, then we shouldn't require people, right? To come to, to come to our way of working all the time. Yeah, exactly. Well, maybe we shouldn't mention my manager from 30 years ago that loved to call me at eight o'clock on Sunday morning. I mean, I was about 26 year old, 26 years old. It was not ideal for me. Right. You were, you were uh, just getting home from something, right? Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Wait, I just walked in the door. Yeah, I'm not ready to talk to you right now. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, anything else, Kristen, you want to share on the whole working in a hybrid environment for new managers, especially those that might be just taking on those responsibilities? Yeah, I would just say um, in this whole kind of mess of everyone trying to figure out now, what does this mean? There's a lot of companies who are putting forth requirements. You have to be in the office a certain number of days a week. You have to, um, you know, maybe it's certain days. All of that stuff is really well intentioned, um, yet sometimes can be received by colleagues or employees as feeling pretty arbitrary. I think if you can help make sense out of that for the people on your team, that can be pretty powerful. Again, something really simple like, hey, we're all going to be in on Tuesdays. Let's make sure that's the day we have our weekly staff meeting so we can do that in person. Um, we'll go to lunch together that day to catch up. You know, I think the more we can make sense of why people are being required to be in person when they are, um, the less we're making this whole thing into a Dilbert. Yeah, boy, that's that is really good advice. And I think for not just the managers, but for all managers who might be going through this this um, phenomenon a little bit of um, maybe moving off of the hybrid um, uh, stance, right, to be more right. requiring of the time that people spend in the office. I love that. It's it's I'm t- I'm interpreting this as making it meaningful, right? So if this is something that the organization has decided to do, then as managers, one of the best things I'm hearing you say is making it meaningful to people, make it mean something. Yeah. Yeah. That can really apply to anything. You know, one of our most important roles as a manager is to translate what people are hearing and contextualize it for them. And the hardest time to do that is when you as the manager think it's not a good idea, but you need to support it anyway. And you do need to support it. You're representing the company. So find a way to authentically support it. You know, the good thing about this change is, and here's how we're going to make the most of it. 
This podcast is supported by NRECA, the National Trade Association representing America's electric cooperatives. NRECA's broad range of products and services include a robust portfolio of leadership programs that provide learners with the knowledge, skills, and resources they need to lead at all levels of their co-op and succeed in today's rapidly changing electric utility industry. Visit cooperative.com learning to explore the value of learning with NRECA. And we're back here with Betsy. So, Betsy, what were some of the highlights of your conversation with Kristen that stood out to you? Yeah, there are three things that Kristen mentioned that I want to highlight and reinforce. And actually, I'm going to add a fourth suggestion that we didn't discuss, but that I think should be top of mind for any manager with folks working both in office and remotely. But let's start with Kristen's experience and advice. First thing I want to highlight is her belief that in hybrid work environments, the tone the manager sets is critical. Second is her warning about not allowing work to become a set of 24 by 7 expectations for performance that essentially erases the boundaries between work and home. And finally, her take that managers must find context and meaningfulness if their organizations wrestle with either the expansion or contraction of workplace flexibility now or in the future. So let's start things off with setting the tone. How does one set the tone in a hybrid work environment? Yeah, I consider this to be, I mean, we've talked about it in other podcasts, right, or other guests have mentioned this. It's this idea of managers leading by example. And I do think that managers need to exemplify the behaviors and work habits that they want to see in their team. And that means a commitment to, you know, them demonstrating some kind of work-life balance, time management, and, you know, adherence to company policies just like everybody else. Um, But I think the biggest thing is sort of this idea of leading by example Kristen's talking about is, you know, embracing adaptability and innovation, um, encouraging people to find the best ways to work versus just the you know, standard way to work or especially just work like I work kind of approach. I think that advice was really good. And I think it can be taken in a lot of different contexts. But in that idea of being an effective leader, um, working with hybrid teams, you know, leading with the tone and the example, I think is really important. So I can imagine it can be quite difficult in a hybrid work environment to set a certain expectation on boundaries of what is considered too much and too little. How would you go about defining that expectation of those boundaries? Yeah, I think this flows as a natural step from what we were just talking about with work-life balance. But I think it's about not losing sight of how explicit or implied expectations for performance sort of show up in ways that could lead to burnout and or disengagement. Um, let me give you an example, David. Like if you saw an employee working in the office every day into the late evening hours, you know, you might think to check in with them just to see if they're okay, if what they're working on these long hours is something temporary. And certainly you might ask if they need some support. I think without that visual trigger, what Kristen is sort of talking about is you know, the, we run the risk of people um, potentially not finding their own boundaries or us sort of blurring the boundaries in ways that 
uh, we're not uh, staying sort of attuned to what could be causing burnout or disengagement. So maybe as managers, we need to think about different strategies of just asking people more often how they're doing, when they're working, how they're working, not from the perspective of us thinking about how to give them more work, but rather to ensure that they're not running at too high of levels that that could lead to burnout. I'm curious if the workplace flexibility itself changes. How does one go about managing that change? So I think what Kristen's advice was really the, the highlight of it, I think, was you know, it was very much aligned to, if you remember back in the podcast with Becky Kurgan, we were talking about how managers sometimes have to get behind change that maybe they don't fully support. But um, as Kristen said, you know, uh, it's our job to put change in the context of the business needs. And when changes are unpopular, we have to find ways to be both empathetic to sort of the issues that those changes create for people but do so without throwing the organization and its leadership under the bus. And so, as Kristen said, you're representing the company, and therefore you have to find a way to authentically support the change and make the most out of it. I thought that was great advice. And the last thing that I wanted to add that wasn't actually part of our discussion, but I think it's important for managers to consider and think about is this idea of proximity bias. Proximity bias is um, a tendency to favor or to give preference to employees who are physically present in the office over remote employees. And there are a bunch of problems that um, you can imagine um, happens when we are uh, favoring or providing more support to those who are in the same physical location as we are um, versus people who are not. But I think, you know, so you think about it, it's individual problems, but I think the most damage in proximity um, bias comes um, in around team dynamics and team dysfunction. Um, what I mean by that is I think proximity bias disrupts team cohesion and collaboration where in-office employees um, have the maybe a likelihood to form tighter bonds. Um, that can lead to divisions within teams and it can end up having remote team members feel excluded or left out of important conversations, decisions, and activities. And so all of this can lead to re remote employees um, feeling a greater sense of isolation and disengagement. Um, and, and so I think as managers, we've got to consider, uh, you know, how we approach team building activities in ways that make sure that we're incorporating everyone and to to regularly celebrate team achievements and successes in ways that sort of foster that sense of unity. And with that, we conclude this episode of Conversation with a Manager. If you enjoyed this podcast and feel like others could learn from it as well, feel free to share it with your friends and colleagues. And a big thank you to our guest, Kristen Slavish, for sharing some of her personal experiences as a manager. Support for this podcast comes from NRECA, the National Trade Association representing America's electric cooperatives. Driven by member feedback and engagement, NRECA's mission is to be the trusted resource, champion the cause, and inspire the future of the industry.